This is the Come Up Steps to Success podcast with your hosts, James Lawson and Courtney Steven. It's it's your boy Courtney, and I just wanted to, before we get into this one, just say how grateful I am that I got this podcast. Honestly, it gives me an excuse to connect with some of the coolest, craziest story having uh, up and coming, hustling people that, you know, I really wouldn't have another chance to connect with otherwise, you know. So today is another episode that's going to bring you some inspiration, some motivation, but also some tactics, some skills and another storyline of somebody who made something for themselves, something great. Uh, it's Mr. Good Vibes. Check him out on Instagram. Definitely give him a follow. You can check me out at the C Steven. And I'm sure once you land on my page, you'll find a way to swipe up and get to more podcasts. Um, no, no more talking from me. Let's get into the interview. This one's a great one. What's going on, everybody? It's your man, Courtney. I'm back with another episode of the Come Up Podcast. And today I got my man, Mr. Good Vibes with me. And, you know, the name speaks for itself. He's out there spreading positivity, sharing his message and helping everybody in his community level up. So today we're going to get into it and see what we can take from that story. Exactly. All right. So Mr. Good Vibes, the man whose name speaks for itself. How you doing, bro? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, man? Thanks for having me on here. It's another good day, man. Just happy to be alive. Loving life. Yo, how how frequently do you have a bad day? That's my question. Yo, I mean, everyone deals with their, like, micro failures and stuff that may go wrong day to day. But honestly, like, I'm doing my entrepreneurship thing. I'm doing my public speaking thing. I'm so grateful to live a life where I could do that full time that no matter what happens, I mean, unless it's, like, the health of my family, something I can't control, like, I can can adapt and, you know, overcome it. So there's not too many bad days, to be honest. Nice. And I'd have to agree, right? Because uh, your perception creates a reality. And when... When you're approaching the day with the right frame of mind, you know, there's always opportunity to improve, grow, get better and make the most out of it. Exactly. So you're you're an entrepreneur, you're a, a public speaker, but really you're an athlete at heart. Like you you play Division One soccer. So tell me a little bit about that. Your was that was that your first love before the entrepreneurship thing, uh, playing sports or which which came first, the the sports or the money making thing? Definitely soccer. So I started when I was about like three, four years old. As soon as I can remember, my whole family has been in soccer. My family, a couple of my uncles playing um, overseas. And then uh, my uncle, another few of my uncles playing Division One soccer, like at Cleveland State. So like since age of three, four, I've been kicking around the ball and understanding the game. And that was my first love. Like, you know, I just really loved it. I was fortunate enough to, you know, go through my own tribulations that shaped me. You know, I was cut from my teens when I was, like, eight years old. They told me I was too skinny, not good enough. They told me I shouldn't really play. I should play basketball because I'm lanky. Um, but that's where I used that good vibes mindset, man, to just, like, be like, yo, I got to work harder at my craft. And, you know, soccer was that for me before I got into business. Okay, so where where were you originally from? What city did you grow up in? I grew up in Toronto, born and raised. Okay, so you grew up in Toronto, Canada, but you ended up playing Division One football in the NCAA. So tell me a little bit about that journey and how you made it there, because I know a lot of our listeners are, are you know, young athletes or um, past athletes, and they can relate to that, that come up story of, you know, athletes are known for their goal setting, all right? And they're setting long-term goals, deferring that, 
you know, immediate gratification for something that is a, a lot bigger. So tell me a little bit about your come up story of how you made it to play NCAA soccer, because that's a big deal. Yeah, man. I, um, so in, in Toronto here in Canada, we have like a few academies that help with outreach to reaching these kind of um, clubs that showcases like these different D1 teams. So I was playing for a team at the time called Toronto Lynx. Uh, they developed me since I was like 12 years old. And then by the time I was 17, I already like before I entered my grade 10 sophomore year in high school, I had like several division one full rides. Um, so they really, they're really good with outreach. Another program I was a part of was Sigma, who does the same thing. Uh, another team here in Toronto. And like, like I said, like I joined when I was 12. I wasn't as good when I first started. Like, I was really bad, man. I wish I could show footage or something. Like, I, I was just terrible. I was timid. I was shy. I was scared. Um, but, like, through my mindset, the good vibes, positivity mindset, I just put my head down and grinded because I was like, yo, all these guys making fun of me now. Like, all right, I'll see you at the top. I'll see you in five years. I'll see you in ten years, you know? Like, and then, as, but an important thing I want to mention, like, yes, hard work's cool. Yes, talent is cool. But the, the main thing that got me these scholarships was I wasn't afraid to reach out to coaches. A lot of players have ego and say, nah, man, I'm nice. Like, they're going to come to me. And cool, if you're a top recruit, like, you could do that. But I'm not going to lie to myself. I wasn't a top five recruit in, in the country, you know. So I had to put in the work and, like, get a list of hundreds of B1, uh, like, different universities in the States and just cold email all of them with my highlight tape, call them on the phone, follow up. Like, that was a process in itself. I, I have to relate with you on this because when I was able to get to the NCAA, I had to do the same thing. I had to email and send my uh, highlight package to about 100 schools over the course of two years in order to get that one bite. You know, so and that's not and that's not something that people talk about a lot. That's not everybody thinks that, like you said, you know, if if you build it, they will come. But you had to do a whole lot of groundwork. And I'm sure that translated into, you know, what you've learned about being an entrepreneur. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I, I remember in high school, like I would have a test in the morning and I'd be up till three in the morning, literally emailing these coaches because I needed to sort it out. And even like my dad would help me, too. I'm not going to take all the credit. He would stay up with me and help me email like it's hard work man but it's so worth it it's so worth it okay so um that's that's how you got into the athlete thing but i'm sure there's a ton of other lessons that you could you know take away from being an athlete that have helped you uh thrive and really grow as an entrepreneur so you you said that you started out you were scared timid and shy what are some words you would use to describe yourself now after you've gone through those experiences of you know you know, working, grinding to get your body, get your mind and get your um, potential to the point where you could actually survive on that level and thrive on that level as a D1 player. What, what, how would you describe yourself now after on the other side of that transformation? Literally the opposite. So I promised myself, like after I ended up getting my offers and like, you know, I started getting some more confidence, I promised myself I would never, ever go back to being that way because I worked too hard to, to not change, you know what I'm saying? So now I'm fully confident any room I enter, anyone I talk to, I know my value, my worth, and I keep my head high. It's not cockiness, it's just like I know who I am and what I represent. And on the other hand of that, I'm very hardworking, so I maintain that trait. Uh, I grind my butt off like I'm always hustling. And I'm very self-aware. I know like what path I'm on and how I'm going to get there because I'm going to put in the work to get there. So, I mean, I, I used to be kind of bullied, picked on and all that, all that negative stuff. 
But I feel like it's a, it's a good part of the journey because it helps me stay humble while having compassion and empathy for others who are going through the same thing. Like, I can relate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I guess that's a big part of what you do now and uh, your public speaking. So what, what are some of the topics? I mean, I could guess off of Mr. Good Vibes and the content on uh, It's Mr. Good Vibes that you put out on Instagram, you know, from some of the segments you're posting or your speeches and, and the captions and stuff like that. But tell the people at TCU Podcast, what what is your message really when you get on stage and you, you do speak? I have three main messages. One is the generic, you know, the good vibes, positivity mindset. Like, look, if you maintain this mindset through any trial and tribulation, you will overcome it and come out on the other side okay. The second one I really like to talk about is self-awareness because I, I think everything starts with that. If you don't know who you are, like, I don't, you, can, you can't really succeed in anything because you're going to be trying all these different things, like, not knowing what you're really good at. So I think it starts with that. Like, I found out. By the time I was 14, when I quit my uh, job the first day, I was like, look, that job thing is not for me. I got to try entrepreneurship. Started a landscaping business, rolled right into it, made tens of thousands of dollars over two summers as a 14, 15-year-old. I was like, all right, this is my thing. Then the third thing I talk about is no regrets. Um, I think regret is terrible. I've lived through some regrets, like minor stuff, like not asking out a girl to prom or something like that. But, But nonetheless, like you live with regret, and I'm... I just don't want other kids to to grow up, you know, living with that that poison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, regrets are regrets are tough, and I and I believe, and a part of what I teach is that you know, fear is um, basically you not wanting to have a regret, you know, before it happens, and basically all of the worst things in life they they stem from these regrets and the fear of making a decision that you're going to regret later, you know? So getting that self-awareness and having that mindset of what you mentioned earlier was uh, taking control of the things that you can control and really allowing yourself the freedom to let go of the things you cannot control. That's, that's one of the best ways that I've found to kind of mitigate that whole regrets uh, issue. What, what are some of the things that you have incorporated into your mindset to, to really help you deal with decision making so that, you know, you're not hung up on that, man, what if I do this? How is this going to play out? And, and you know, that tension that comes with making big decisions, because like, like, you've definitely made a lot of big decisions. If you're an entrepreneur, if you were a, a D1 athlete choosing what school to go to, what, what's some of the mindsets that you use when it comes to making big decisions? I, I trust my gut, to be honest. It may sound crazy, but I literally follow my first instinct right away because I've been in the game now for a few years, and I'm not saying like I'm a full-out expert. I have so much more to learn. I'm only 20 years old, but I, I, I'm aware that I have you know certain capabilities in what I do. So with entrepreneurship, I make decisions just off of like experience and just knowing like, okay, this is what I need to do in this situation. And same thing with life. Like I've only lived 20 years, but I've been hustling since like a long time ago, so it all plays a factor into my decision-making. Like, I was on a, a soccer scholarship, like, education paid for, rooming, like, food, everything paid for, and I still decided to leave school, like, as a D1 athlete because my business was taking off and I needed to attend to it full-time. A lot of other athletes would be like, nah, man, I'm good. Like, this is cozy. This is fun. Like, I get the girl's attention over here. I'm living that life. I made a decision. I was like, yo, I got to think about my future. Like, when I'm done these four years, what am I going to do? Like, 
if I don't go pro, like, I got to set myself up for the future. So I was like, yo, business is going to give me that platform and foundation for the rest of my life. So I'm going to go full into it now and use this platform I've been given. Absolutely. And there's something to be said for uh, diving all the way in and fully committing to something because that's really where the best results are found is is in commitment. So now you run a digital marketing agency, right? When did you make that transition from, you know, landscaping, the thing that's kind of, it's not easy to do, but it's it's in front of your face. When you're younger, they say, go shovel driveways, cut lawns, you know, so it makes sense. But you found a way to monetize that, scale that to you know, for a young kid making five figures, that's huge. So when did you make that transition from, you know, doing that physical, um, you know, push around lawnmowers and stuff like that to running a digital agency? Like how, how did that transition come about? When did you start your agency? And tell me a little bit about that business. Perfect. So I'll, I'll give a little context here. So after the landscaping, um, after I got all my scholarship offers, I kind of just put the landscaping on hold. I let my grandpa run it, and he, you know, because he, he loved doing it, and he has a background in that. But by the time I was 17, I started this good vibes movement around this message and putting good vibes on, like, clothing apparel. Um, so I, I partnered with a bunch of high schools, anti-bullying campaigns, partnered with some big corporations here in Canada, like Habitat for Humanity, Loblaws, Cineplex, Tim Hortons, and I was running these, um, you know, positivity campaigns across Canada, and more specifically, like, Ontario, Toronto. So I was selling tens of thousands of T-shirts within the first couple years of running it when I was, like, 17, 18. So this is where the first idea of me, like, wait a minute, should I even go to school? Like, I'm making serious money here. Um, and even after getting my scholarship offers, like, I, I started developing my love for entrepreneurship again because it went landscaping, so that was my entrepreneurship love. Then it went scholarship offers back to soccer love. Then it went starting this, you know, like, clothing line, entrepreneurship love. So I kept being split between, like, yo, I got these two different things. Which one should I pursue? Um, but the teachers ended up taking off, like I was touring high schools and speaking and doing these campaigns, like literally selling t-shirts out of my car across North America, like pulling up to universities. Um, cause I took a year off of university the first time I went and just to scale this. And I was like literally couch surfing and sleeping in my car, um, to, to build this movement. Then like I had some dollars saved up, I was doing well and, like, any regular kid would be like, all right, like, I'm cool with this. But I really love soccer still. So I went back. That's how I ended up at university again, reached out to coaches who gave me offers, and whoever was willing to take me back for the same financial package. I went there. So I was fortunate enough to get another opportunity. Um, so I went back to school, was trying to run the business, had my team out here. And then we got um, an opportunity to start doing digital marketing with those brands we originally formed partnerships with because they're like, yo, you guys sell – tens of thousands of shirts to these young generation like Gen Z millennials could you run some campaigns for us to help us do the same and get their attention and they're paying serious dollar like much more like one project I'll have to sell like 4,000 t-shirts like that type of money it was like crazy so I was like whoa I mean I think we should change our business model here um so right away I was like you know what this digital marketing thing I gotta take it to the next level and just go full out with that and you know that'll be my new business so now we start helping brands with like targeting Gen Z millennials, running their social media, running ads on these platforms, building their brand awareness online, ultimately driving sales and, and leads for them. And we took that to the next level over the next couple of years. It grew. And as I mentioned, like I just left school full time. I was like, all right, this is my thing. I loved you, soccer. Thank you for the ride. But like, all right, business time now. Mr. Good Vibes. Okay. And man, there's a lot to unpack in that story, but that is 
that that that's the kind of story that gets me fired up because you really came up from the ground up and it was because you were in motion that you were able to have certain opportunities present themselves to you. You know, I find that a lot of people are sitting down waiting for that opportunity at a perfect time. But listening to your story, you created the momentum that allowed you to be in front of the right people at the right time. And you, you had those key partnerships. You created that network so that when the opportunity arose, you had the experience and you had you know the capacity to deliver and scale up. So you, you're still doing the apparel company um, on the side or is that something that you don't do anymore? Honestly, everyone asks me that, and I'm literally, I'm literally thinking of making another store just for the apparel. Because right now, what I do is I just the main business model is the digital marketing, and then like when I go to speak and tour around high schools, I throw out like 50 shirts or 100 shirts just as like people ask questions to get them engaged, and the good vibe shirts they love them. So I literally might think about putting up a store because there's still demand for them. I don't know though, I might. So in in your mind, I mean, to me, you sound like somebody who is who's great at building a personal brand. So how important is it for people to be able to have a personal brand that is, or a brand in general around their, their value prior around what they deliver? Because, you know, brand recognition or being able to be memorable and stand out in somebody's mind is, is one of the most important things in any business, you know, no matter what you sell or no matter what you have to offer, um, how important is it to have a strong brand? I'd say personal branding and having a strong brand is literally up there in, in terms of importance and of getting sales for your business. I think it could literally drive tremendous results for you. Me personally, my Mr. Good Vibes brand, like I'm not a famous celebrity by any means yet. Um, obviously, I'm still building. And I've gotten so much leads and just potential clients and signed clients just because they see like, oh, yo, this guy's speaking. He understands the young demo. Um, he's cool. I want to work with him. Like pe- people are attracted to that type of persona and brand itself, so they come to me. And I'm it, it's presented. If I was just a regular dude and just trying to run another agency, I'd have no differentiating factor. So I was like, yo, I'm gonna use my youth to my advantage. Use my like soccer story. My I have blonde hair now. Like I'm I'm hip. So I use it to my advantage. I think brand building is key. You have to have a personal brand in this age. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So now that you have this digital agency, um, I know that you've been working with some of these huge brands. You mentioned Tim Horton, Cineplex, Loblaws, and you had built these partnerships initially with uh, that positivity campaign that you're talking about, you know, anti-bullying and things that we can all get behind. But what was that transition like from, you know, kind of getting your foot in the door with some low hanging fruit, which was, you know, those positivity campaigns to really like prying that door open and now getting on bigger accounts and really, um, you know, managing their digital, like what, what was it like scaling from that first stage to that second stage? And what were some of the things that you had to get better at and how you had to grow as an entrepreneur? I had to really understand how the business works. So I spent something I also don't talk about enough is I spent literally six months shadowing uh, a mentor of mine who runs his own agency. I said, hey, look, I don't, it took humility, like I said, and I was, cause I was making money at the time with the t-shirts, but I knew I wanted to transition. So I said, look, I'm 18. I am by no means an expert yet. I have a lot to learn. I'd love to learn from someone who's doing it and successful with it. Like he has an agency in Toronto, New York, Los Angeles. That's where I want to be at. 
So I was like, let me learn from the best. Um, so I shadowed him for six months, didn't take any pay, would grab him whatever he needs, just wanted to watch how he hires people, how he runs day-to-day processes, how he handles accounts and clients. I just needed to know all of that and figure it out for myself, and now I can adjust like to how I do it. So that was a key part in really transitioning. Um, and anyone out there, I would highly recommend, if you don't know what you want to do, but you have a sense of like, okay, I might like this, then go shadow somebody, offer to do it for free, just start learning. Like we're, we're young, people my age, we're young, we're like 20. So now's the time to literally learn all this stuff. Okay, yeah, that's valuable advice for sure. And I mean, there's no, there's no substitute for getting hands-on experience and seeing something with your own eyes. You know, there's only so much that you can get out of a book, really. Yeah. So if if you were to give, um, you know, yourself, you really, you it's not that you just got in the game, but like you said, you still have a lot to um, grow into and a lot more progress to make. But I feel like you've come a really long way really fast. And that's, it's awesome to see. But if you were to give, you know, a younger version of yourself some advice who's just starting out, what are some of the main things that you would suggest you do differently when you're starting out your um, your agency? What would you do differently now if you were to start again? Oh, I would say, honestly, because once you're young and you start seeing money flow in, you, you get a little reckless. I'm not going to lie if you're not used to that kind of money flowing in. Um, so I, back, I was a little caught up in, like, you know, trying to find and like take girls out to dinners and go on some trips. Um, but I would highly recommend, you know, sacrifice all that your starting years, put all the money back into the business, hire more, uh, put more into, you know, advertisements and getting awareness into your personal brand, whatever it may be, but put all the money back into the business because then it'll like triple and it'll help you out like 10 times the amount in the near future. That, that's literally the best advice I could give. For firsthand, because I've experienced it, put all the money back into the business. Don't waste it stunning or on unnecessary materialistic things. Mm-hmm. So what what does the word sacrifice mean to you? Because it's, it's a word that's popped up a lot in this conversation. Obviously, it's, it's a very, very important ingredient in success. But what does sacrifice mean to you? Sacrifice to me is being willing to do what it takes to achieve your long-term, short-term, mid-term goals. So for me, a personal example would be like, yo, I left Division One, like college life, where you get to hang with the girls, you get to hang with your boys, you're viewed as cool on campus, people doing your homework. Like I left that sick life to build something for my future. Like I don't date right now. I'm not mixed up in the clubs that much. Like I'll go out here and there just to, you know, hang out with the boys if it's their birthday or something. But I'm not partying every weekend. I'm not drinking every weekend, smoking. Like, there's a lot of fun I'm sacrificing now because I know, like, yo, I could do that when I'm 28 and have this full-scale Toronto, L.A., New York agency built. And it will be able to have more fun at that point because we'll have more money, more, you know, more, more just everything around us. It sounds like you're pretty clear on your goals. How important is it to have that clarity when you, you know, set out on a mission? Like, does that clarity in what you want and the vision you have for yourself make things easier? Does it help you move faster? Yes. Every day I wake up, it's so clear. Like, literally, I dream about this, and sometimes it keeps me up at night. I want to be in L.A. within the next five years permanently. I need the agency built over there. I need to be in Hollywood as Mr. Good Vibes. I need to be doing my thing out there. That's my lifestyle I want to live. 
it, it, it's clear. Like, I see it. I could literally just close my eyes and grab it. Now it's just, you know, being patient and putting in the work day to day to get there. Clarity is so, it's so important. Oh, man. Honestly, yes. Yo, you're getting me hyped up right now. Like, I need to go out and just do something. I don't know. More times, I if I don't understand exactly what I got to do at the moment, I just try and f- figure something out. And I feel like that's a lot of people. You know, we got a lot of energy. We might have a lot of desire. We might be burning up inside, but we don't necessarily know exactly where to put that focus. So let me ask you this. Um, do you have any, you know, books, movies, any people that you like influencers that you uh tend to tap into or any sources of inspiration that you regularly visit or you know something that has really made an influence on you that you would be able to suggest for people maybe a book you read recently or someone you've seen recently what is what is one of your sources of inspiration yep my first my first it, it started all with um this book called rich dad poor dad when i was 14 my dad said here read this book, like sit down and read this book for the next five hours. Don't leave till you, you know, finish reading a few chapters. And I was like, yo, what the hell? Like, I just want to go play outside. Like, what's up? Um, but this book is about financial freedom and it changed my whole mindset on, you know, having a regular job, being an employee to forming your own financial freedom and living life on your own terms. That's when I ended up quitting my job the first day and just said, you know what? Yo, this, I need to try this entrepreneurship thing. Like, it, it's burning inside of me. I want to try it now. It looks so cool, and it sounds so fun. Um, and, and that started everything for me. That was the start of the journey. So I'd recommend reading that first if you have entrepreneurial ambitions or desires. Then a source of inspiration that I used to, like, look to a lot. Like, I would watch his videos, read his books a lot, was Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. He runs a, the same thing, digital agency, very big scale, like 800 employees. Uh, he's global. He's sick. And I, I, he, he inspired me a lot. He literally changed my outlook on school as well. And, and like, that's kind of what helped me see, like, you know, I mean, cool, I'm not paying for school, but it's the time that's worth more as well. Like, I could spend this time building a business instead of getting a piece of paper. Ultimately, I don't think I'm going to use. And I don't believe in plan Bs. I, I just really believe putting all my emphasis on plan A. So that's where I got that. Um but, but more importantly now, for me, motivation comes from, like, the, the students I speak to. And this is, this is real, like, real talk right here. When I speak to students and they come up to me after my speeches and they're like, yo, man, that really helped me. Like, thanks. Like, my financial situation is tough, but you gave me some advice on how to go make some money, like, how to go do it and how to start, you know, living my dreams. Like, I appreciate that. Like, that gets me fired up. That keeps me going. Like, I just want to wake up and reach the whole world with this message and inspire everybody. Man, I'm I'm absolutely sure that you inspire some people today. Whoever's listening to this podcast is definitely taking out some nuggets. And if you guys have been missing it, definitely go back, hit that skip back button. This is not the '90s. You don't have to hit no rewind. Just skip back to the beginning. Listen to this from the top. You're gonna get some wisdom out of it, Mister Good Vibes. I got one more question for you. I know you're a busy man. You got stuff on the agenda. I'm not gonna keep you all day, but. If you're going to be on the Come Up podcast, you got to share your biggest secret with us. And we want to know, what is your superpower that allows you to do what you do to the best of your abilities? What is your superpower? Oh, I love it. Uh, first time I've actually been asked that in a while. I'd say my, my superpower is definitely my ability to wing it, quote unquote wing it, my, my spontaneity. <laughs> I get in trouble for this sometimes. 
like literally, like my mom will see me on stage and she she she'll see I have a big talk coming out to like 500 kids or something. She'd be like, "Are you ready? Have you practiced?" Da da da, because she's kind of old school. And I was and I just tell her, I'm like, "Nah, I'm gonna just get up there and do my thing, man. Feel uh, <laughs> <no> free." Like, <laughs> but but that helps me because I I'm not too good at planning stuff like that. Like, I believe what makes me different on stage is I have a I, I try to make a rock star appeal. I try to make it fun. And you can't make it fully fun if everything you have is scripted and just thought out. I just let it roll. Like, yo, if you're built for it, you're built for it. So I just get up there. I have my main messages, and I let it flow. But I think that's my biggest strength, to be honest. And, I mean, that's exactly that. It's honest, and it's from the heart. And when you're when you're telling the truth, you're never afraid to stutter because it's coming from a good place. 100%, man. Hey, so... Mr. Good Vibes, man. It's been amazing. I appreciate you taking the time to come talk with us today. Can you tell the people of the Come Up Podcast where they can connect with you online? Instagram's best spot. It's, IT, it's at ITS Mr. Good Vibes. So at it's Mr. Good Vibes. And honestly, like I respond to every DM. After a speech, I had like 100 DMs. I literally responded to every single one. Because I, I believe in engaging with everyone who has questions. I want to help everyone out there, and I'll do it till the day I die, or to the point where I have I don't know a billion followers, where it'll be a little tougher. But 100% reach out to me there. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So I appreciate you, man. This has been another episode of the Come Up Podcast. I know you guys got some out of it. So make sure that you guys go check out it's Mr. Good Vibes on Instagram. Hit him up. Tell him thank you for sharing the nuggets. And I appreciate you spending the time with us, man. Thanks so much for having me. We'll talk soon. All right.